0: Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on seekingscripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of his word. Good morning to your siblings. Today's readings are Joshua 5 through 8. Rabbit Trails The first Passover in the Promised Land. Wow! I'm awestruck just thinking about what that must have been like. You'll recall that the first Passover ever was observed by their parents the night before the great exodus out of Egypt. It is possible that most of these men were children whose lives were spared in that momentous historical event. And now they get to commemorate it. Joshua 5:14 You may want to take a rabbit trail of looking back to original language for more insight into just who this was with a sword in front of Joshua Note that angels do not allow themselves to be worshiped and the same order is given to Joshua that was given to Moses at the burning bush Take your sandals off because you're on holy ground Side note I want to reiterate that angels never accept worship Instead, they point those they appear to towards the Father. If there is an entity that allows you to worship it, consult it, and pray to it, and that entity is in a form of Yahweh, it is a darker force, because a messenger of Yahweh does not allow such things. They would point you to the Father instead. Don't take my word for it. Here are just a few proof verses. Colossians 2:18. Revelations 22, verses 8 through 9, and Deuteronomy 5, 7. Matthew 4, 9 through 10 brings a great deal to light about what force is really behind this. Chapter 6, the shofars. Note that these were not trumpets like we think of them, but rather rams, horns, or shofars. Now, if you've ever seen one of the videos of me blowing my shofar, you'll note that even on video, and even with my pitiful shofar skills, they are very loud, and the sound carries. In fact, a few years ago, when we were celebrating the Feast of Sukkot, one of Yahweh's feasts that's also called the Feast of Tabernacles, we were sitting around a campfire one early evening and decided to blow our shofar. From far away, on the other side of the campground, we heard a shofar blow in reply. And then, a few moments after that one stopped, from even further in yet another direction, we heard another shofar blown in reply. It was really amazing. The sound is one you will never forget. In fact, my friends and I have a theory that our soul even recognizes it, because some people have such strong reactions whenever they hear one. It is a tingling, almost as if a recognition, a shema, if you will. A call to sit up straight, pay attention, and prepare to do the Father's bidding. The Bible tells us that when our Messiah returns, we will hear those shofars blown from heaven. Check out Isaiah twenty-seven thirteen and note that your translation may say trumpet in place of shofar. Rut row. I am not going into conspiracy theories here, because that's my sister's job, but I do find it interesting that there are countless YouTube videos where people report hearing a strange sound in the sky coming from seemingly all around them. Now, it has happened in several places around the world, and if you listen to many of the videos, it sounds surprisingly like a shofar being blown from the heavens. That's a rabbit trail to take if you would like or not. Also, there are different notes you blow on a shofar that mean different things. Long notes, high notes, and a series of short blasts. So if, you, if you're ever around a few million Israelites and some guy starts blowing a shofar, causing them all to respond in unison, chances are communication is being relayed and received. Not that I think you'll end up around three million Israelites anytime soon, but I wanted to prepare you just in case. You may have noticed that there is a recurring theme in Joshua with both him and his soldiers rising early. Now, this is a way of saying they were zealous to arise and do the will of the Lord. It is a figure of speech denoting a character trait of eagerness to follow God. Beginning in Joshua 7, 6, we see Joshua crying out to Yahweh, asking why he has brought them this far only to have them be destroyed. Yahweh is having none of it. Get up. Israel has sinned against me. Paraphrase of what he says here. It is interesting to note that while one person committed the sin, all of Israel was held responsible. Now, no doubt there were righteous men and women among them who were innocent, but they as a whole were responsible for the transgression against Yahweh, which had taken place in their land. And they were responsible for repenting of the sin according to guidelines set up by Yahweh. In Joshua 6, verses 18-20, through we see clear instructions given to all of Israel. But you, keep yourselves from the things devoted to destruction, lest when you have devoted them, you take any of the devoted things and make the camp of Israel a thing for destruction and bring trouble upon it. But all silver and gold and every vessel of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted, and the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout, and the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. Have you ever heard a story of a child who stole something from their parents? Especially an adult child. It evokes a sense of horror and betrayal unlike any other. The Father has clearly declared that these things, once conquered, are holy unto him. They now belong to him, are his property. We need to step back and understand the mindset, boldness, and brazen rebellion that would allow a man, having witnessed the power of Yahweh firsthand, having fought in his army, to then steal. What belongs to Yahweh? Don't be tempted to see this as a, well, he was tempted, he couldn't help it, because that's a Western mindset kicking in. He was an adult. He knew his actions were wrong. He knew full well the authority of Yahweh, and he made a choice to go against that. In other ways, I have done the same thing many times in my life. It is only by his grace and mercy that I'm here today, being guided through the wholeness of his word and generously allowed to partake of his wisdom so that I can turn from that behavior which so justly deserved condemnation, a price that was paid for me by Messiah. Once we know better, we do better. We end this chapter with Joshua renewing the covenant between Israel and Yahweh. It is a beautiful ending, a restoration and a renewal of all. Read that passage and look for the word sojourner, because that's where the rest of us, well, most of us, fit into this picture. The Father, in His great care and attentiveness to detail, has made a way for us since the beginning of time. May we all renew our pursuit of Yahweh today. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.21